step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Attention nerds! If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... The Riley and Kimmy Show! The Riley and Kimmy Show! And welcome to the Riley and Kimmy Show. Right next to me is the person who keeps me out of trouble almost all the time. Kimmy, I got one name. Get it. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi, I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. And I think so many people would agree with that, wouldn't they, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. We are just hours away from a really big event and what event is that kimmy the daytona beach comic book convention that's it kimmy i knew you'd know that right off the top of your head yeah so they just rolled right out of there yes the daytona beach comic book convention just hours away as the show becomes available i am so excited about that aren't you kimmy mm-hmm. and kimmy let's just reveal something here you just happen to be really well you know you're part of our uh, our, our dynamic duo here it's us you know and and you will be uh uh you know Post will be at the uh, table, our booth, uh, which we are so thankful that Tom Rupp and Jake uh, gave to us, mm-hmm. and also promoters of the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention. You will also be uh, roaming and meeting and greeting individuals. But one of the big things you're going to be doing is something all in the afternoon of the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention. And what will you be doing? Well, we'll be hosting the costume contest. That's right. You and who's the other uh, judge that you have? Joel Weinkoop. That's right. Joel D. Weinkoop. Actor and director and Kimmy will be together. You want to check that out. And so uh, bring on your best cosplay. Bring on your, even your worst. Bring on some costuming. Uh, families, everybody is invited, all ages. And that's at the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention. Now let's check in with show promoter Tom Raup and find out a little bit about the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention. Hello, Tom. How's it going? Hey, Patrick. Everything's going good. Thank you. That's good. We are just days away from the big event. Can you tell me a little bit of what's going on? Well, what's going to be happening in Daytona? Well, in Daytona, we're having a comic toy show. It's on December 6th, the Emory Riddle College at the ICI Center. And we are going to have 127 vendor tables set up with comics and toys for sale and about 20 different guests for people to meet. And give me an idea of a guest. I know, let's see, you're going to have some Walking Dead people, right? Yes, we have three actors from The Walking Dead. We're going to have Tim Proctor, Chris Harrelson, and Stephen Vining. And we also have Joel D. Weinkoop, King of the Bee Movies. The craziest man I've ever met that's really nice. He is very nice, and he's full of energy. Um, we are also fortunate enough to have Phantasmagoria, who I'm sure you're well aware of uh, what they do with uh, fire breathing and uh, sword swallowing and a little bit of every kind of steampunk entertainment. Outside of that, any uh, hints of maybe uh, some deals or things you're bringing as Pop Culture Playground to the event? Uh, Pop Culture Playground will have a wide variety of comics from Marvel and DC, also some independent stuff, uh, some Golden Age comics, magazines, records, few toys so we're gonna have a little bit of everything for everybody to kind of come in and check it out and then of course there's all the other dealers that are gonna be set up in there 
Sure, like, oh, let's see, Carousel's Collectibles will be there from DeLand, right? That's correct. Carousel Collectibles will be there. They have uh, quite a good assortment of stuff to choose from, not only at the store, but also at the show. And Mike's Comics. Can't forget Mike's Comics. No, Mike's Comics will be there. Um, he is quite a nice guy, and we're glad to have him there, and he's helped support the show. Excellent, and we forgot to mention the one thing. We forgot to mention the cosplay contest. Did we Did we mention that or not? No, we have not gotten to the cosplay contest yet. We will have a cosplay contest um, where they can come in, and it will start at 2.30, and we will have three different age groups and three different prizes for first, second, and third in each age group. It's great having Tom on the show, right? Mm-hmm. Always nice to be checking in with Tom. And all the fun and all the things that are going to be happening at the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention. And I would like to stress also, by the way, if you're looking for vintage comic books, Silver Age, also Bronze Age, Modern Age, and magazines like, oh, what, Cracked? Yeah, remember that one, uh-huh. Kenny? Yeah. yeah. And also yep. Mad Magazine, things like that. Uh, the place to go is Pop Culture Playground because Tom Raup and Jake will have those items right there they have a wide variety of comic books so be sure to check that out also by the way uh we mentioned uh, john Beatty. john Beatty is at the big event and we interviewed john not that long ago and if you'd like to uh hear an extended interview with john Beatty or of john Beatty, uh be sure to check out our website and check on uh, let's see episode 699 and another person who's there of course is roland mann former Marvel editor, Malibu uh, comics editor, and also a professor of comic books. How cool is that, Kimmy, right? Yeah. Well, we have Roland's interview available right on our website right now. And check that out. That's episode 701 of the Riley and Kimmy show. But right now, I'm getting ready to talk about toys. Well, a toy? As I suspected. Yes, time to talk about toys, because when you talk about the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention, you need to also add toy there, and action figures and collectibles and things like that. And we're going to spotlight a vendor, Kimmy. Yeah? Yes, we're going to be spotlighting a vendor right now, somebody who's really into that world of the toy, of the action figure, of the collectibles. It's time for us to check in right now with Mike Kales of Mike's Dead Formats. Mike's appearing at the Daytona Beach Comic Book Convention, and let's just uh, throw it to Mike right now. Mike, how are things going? Hello, how are you? I'm doing quite well, and are you packing up? Are you all ready for the big event? Well, actually, I'm um, going through my stuff right now and um, kind of pricing and trying to decide what I should bring, what I should leave. Um, you know, it's kind of, you know, with the holidays coming up, I'm trying to find stuff that, you know, people may want to use as gifts or, you know, may want to treat themselves. So it's kind of, it's a give and take kind of thing, you know, because that one item that you leave home is going to be the first thing someone asks about. So <laughs> Exactly. And you just, I mean, you might have at your table or your booths, you might have uh, some comic books, but you actually delve into the world of collectibles, right? Yeah, I... I'm not very good with comic books because I um, I really didn't read them as much as I should have when I was a kid. But of course, I had GI Joe, I had the uh, WWF wrestlers, I had Transformers, He Man, you name it. You know, I had the toys. And uh, when I was even a little younger, I had a lot of Migos too. You know, Superman, Batman, and um, I kind of specialize in that now. Lunch boxes also. So. Um, that's kind of like my, my love right now, and, and I, I really enjoy buying and selling that kind of stuff myself anyway. So 
Do you, when, when you, you funny you mentioned this lunchbox thing because I just came across one the other day that uh, stood out my eyes to my eyes because it's a metal lunchbox from 1965 and had it had no rust apparent on it. It had some you know little uh, scratches and things like that. Those are rare, I know, to find in that condition with thermos. Uh, probably really hard down here in Florida to find, right? I mean, because of the humidity and things like that, to find those metal lunchboxes? Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, most of the time, if you have a very good lunchbox, it shows a little sign because, you know, the metal itself, they didn't use, like, top-grade metal to make the metal lunchboxes. So after a while, no matter how well you, take, you keep them, there may be some wear and tear to just start. You know, it's kind of like a bubble on a card. Eventually, it's going to start to yellow unless you keep it out of the sun, you know, in the top corner of your closet, you know, in air conditioning forever. So um, it's very hard. Uh, it seems like the the girl-themed lunchboxes always seem to be in the best shape when I come across them. And, and the Transformer Rambo ones are always the ones in the worst shape. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. I think a lot of them got used in gameplay, so I think that could be one of the reasons why. Sure, and I thought maybe you were going to say, uh, you know, boys are a little bit more uh, rougher (laughs) on their toys. Well, I don't know. I had two sisters growing up, and they hit me with lunchboxes a lot, so um, I'm not really sure, but they were plastic, so that was a little less uh, dangerous for me. So, (laughs) Well, that makes it a little better. So is yeah. there a Holy Grail lunchbox? Uh, since I don't know why we're focusing on lunchbox, but is there like one, even part of the plastic world when that started, is there one out there that's really, you know, on your radar uh, that you would love to find or you know that's, uh, you know, really hot to find? It's, uh, I think it's the 1966 or 1953 Superman lunchbox. With the thermos, it could sell for up to $17,000. Oh. And in... Mint shape fifty. Oh, so uh, yeah, it's it's re- incredible. Somebody actually on uh, eBay sold one for seventeen. Get out of here! And uh, I just I couldn't believe I asked asking price, and then I did more research. Moving out of lunchbox, wait, but before I do, wait a minute before I forget. The thermos is a key thing too, right? For the the price, that's one thing I try to tell people that you better have that that thermos, right? Yeah, that that's usually the uh, the key to having this set. But if you do want to start collecting lunchboxes, what you could do is you, you find the lunchbox you want, and then you start searching for the thermos. And um, that usually works out pretty well for me because people have a bunch of thermoses because they bought them in a lot or, you know, they replaced their old one. Okay. And if you need that key piece, that that's usually how I work out. But most of the time, people are buying them as a collection so that they have the thermos and the lunchbox. And the handle has to be in decent shape. And sometimes the plastic nub on it to keep it together falls apart, too. So that's key also. You should be able to use it like you want it to every day. And that, that that's really the condition. Okay. Now, moving over to G.I. Joe's, because you mentioned that... Um I'm going to say maybe 10 years ago or more, there was an extreme heat on the Joe lines, the 12 inches, and even the the smaller guys. Uh, I mean, a lot of popularity at toy shows and and whatnot. Has that waned? Has that has that went away a little bit? The 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 big you know the the big fad part, I guess, uh, with Joe is Joe faded away a little bit. I, I actually think it is. I think that the movies really didn't help it at all. I actually think it actually hurt G.I. Joe a little bit 
I uh, I see a lot of GI Joe now, where before you know wasn't affordable. Now it's actually very affordable to get a collection going, and um, I see pieces sell for more than the actual complete figure now. Wow. People customize more, fix them to repair their, their figure that you know they lost you know an arm in you know eighty two or something you know right. so. Okay, so but yeah, it seems like G.I. Joe is starting to I think it could be just the collector, you know, have the collectors have kind of waned off too because it did start in the 60s. So maybe, maybe that, that, that demographic is just not collecting anymore. Okay. Do you buy out collections? I mean, if somebody is in the Daytona Beach area and says, you know, I, Uncle Fred passed away unfortunately and he had a bunch of you know toys um are you interested in that kind of stuff i i do it um from time to time um, i'm actually working on a friend of mine's uh collection right now um my office you can't walk in it because he gave me everything that he had so um i'm very picky about what i do because you know just the time and i don't want to waste people's time but what I usually do is I try to get other collectors involved, um, especially if it's on like the comic book side, and we kind of like do a partnership where you know I'll take the toys and you know the the records and I'll pass them off to say like Jake or Tom at Pop Culture uh, Collectibles and just say you know can you help them with their comic books? So, but I do do it um, not a, not as much as I'd like to, but uh, I do, and I would be interested to help anybody out if they needed it. Good. Now, you just mentioned records. We're talking vinyl. You deal with vinyl? Yes. 45s, yes. 78s, LPs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um 78s are really hard to are really hard to sell and they're very heavy to carry. Oh, yes. Um so so usually I, unless it's, you know, a very rare album, I usually tell people to just donate them <laughs> because, you know, even it's just incredible. I mean, I, I, I did a test one time. Uh, my uncle lived in California at the time. I, I shipped an album, a seven, two 78s from Florida to Burbank. And I shipped it, at, I mean, airtight, bubble wrap, cardboard. And when he got it, they just they just fell apart. Oh so, my. you know, yeah. And, and I, I was only doing it because, unfortunately, my grandparents, when they passed away, they left like four cases of oh. 78s. So, you know, I, I uh, cherry-picked what I knew was worth money, you know, uh, and then I uh, went ahead and I just donated the rest to, you know, a charity here in Palm Coast. And, um, you know, it, it was well worth the time and effort because there's nothing worse than selling somebody something and when they receive it, it's just brittle. You sure, know? sure. You know, not only do you have to refund them, you know, you kind of disappoint them too, and sure. that, that's not what I'm about. So, But the vinyl records... Uh, mostly like 70s and 80s records are doing really well. Comic book records, like Superman comic book records, and the book in the record where you would read it and turn the page when like the Peter, you know you'd hear a sound effect. Like the Peter Pan records, yeah. those things too. Really? Yeah, yeah, those are very popular. Every convention I sell out of my records. Get out. Yeah, it's it's really it's really cool. I I guess with with you know turntables being so popular now, people just they want to get back to that, you know, I had this record as a kid or I want to play it for my kid. And um, it, it's really it's really amazing. And, and it's cool to listen to, too. I, I actually have a, a record player and 
every once in a while, you know, I'll throw it on and, you know, it's just really fun to listen to. Sure. Now, speaking of, well, dealing with the analog technology there, what about the other types? What about like the tapes? Do the cassettes and the eight tracks? I mean, is there is there interest in those? Eight well, track, I think it's really, you know, the the theme. Um, uh. I don't think like a Guy Lombardo eight track would sell very well, <laughs> but if you have Kiss Alive, I think Kiss Alive or you know Ace Frehley solo album on eight track, I, I feel that that would probably be worth something to somebody's collection okay and uh i've been hearing i've been hearing rumors that cassette tapes are making a comeback oh my um a lot of yeah a lot of independent record uh labels are now releasing new artists on cassette and vinyl and then you know releasing it digitally they're not doing like cds anymore wow so i don't know if it's like a marketing ploy but i don't know i don't know about you but all the uh cassette tapes that I have, you know, like I have a couple like comedy ones with like Jack Benny and right. um, Burns and Allen. And then, you know, I have the ones I had from high school, you know, they, they're not really holding up very well because, no. you know, after a while they just disintegrate. But um, apparently the market is starting to heat up for that, you know, especially like, you know, cheesy 80s stuff like, you know, Motley Cruz like, you know, album and like, thriller you know people want to have that and listen to it on cassette uh, wow not really sure why i would rather listen to it on vinyl but i guess if you grew up with it you want it so wow okay um i i won't go back into that realm i mean i'll collect the pieces like you know like the uh the albums the lps for the art actually more than anything you know that's what i do to frame yeah, sometimes I, I it's some i don't know what it is but there's just something romantic about picking up a record album looking at the artwork, you know, taking it out, putting it on the turntable. You know, I, I don't know what it is. I can't, I can never put my finger on it, but it's just, there's something different about that than opening up, you know, a CD case or just clicking play on your iTunes, you know? <laughs> I, I just don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because I grew up with it. Sure. But, um, it's just, it just, it just feels right when you listen to it on on vinyl and the music sounds a little bit better too speaking of the cds and you know the eight tracks and things like that i have a feeling because we can move over into a little bit of different entertainment but so that era what about the video games the the ataris the the, the of you know the the debuts the segas uh, the commodore 64 stuff is there is there value there for, and does does mike sell stuff like that yes yes there's a huge market for vintage video games um, the, the desktop computer games like Commodore 64, there's a market, but it's not very heavy, but, um, anything from Atari 2600 to today is very valuable and it has a market and I sell a lot of it. Um, a lot of people don't realize the value, especially of Nintendo games, um, the, Sometimes I go to yard sales and I pay $20 for everything, including the console. And right now, a working Nintendo console or a working Atari console sells from $25 to $75. Wow. Depending on if you're, if the joystick and the paddles and the power source is there. So, I mean, right now I, I have an Atari, working Atari, but 
you have to make a modification to the cords for it to play on newer televisions. Okay. Because you don't have that. You you remember that little box where you would flip it to TV and to video? Yeah. They they still make them, but some TVs cannot accept it because of the digital technology. Right. So you actually have to, you have to splice a part of the Atari and plug it in as like like you would a DVD player before uh, uh, an HDMI cord, wow. and you actually actually have to do all that to get it to work, or you just find an old TV, right. which is what I kind of did. But um, uh, like the Nintendo today, you could still use the old Nintendo uh, hookups, and it'll still work because it, it was set up to be used with cable. Uh, it wasn't like you know an antenna television. Okay. But the market is market is very huge, and if you run into any of those games. The first thing, the first thing I would do is, you know, look to see if they're clean. You know, look inside, make sure you know that, that the connectors are very good, and then after that, check and see what the title is. And um, before you do anything, make sure that it's not something rare because there are some games that sell for thousands of dollars, and they don't have the booklet, they don't have the box. It's just the game itself. Wow, thousand plus bucks. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's really ridiculous. I I I've actually gotten lucky a few times, you know, I I've I've picked up a, a lot, you know, neither, you know, on an auction or, you know, a yard sale and one game alone was worth $75 because it was only available in California or, you know, it's very rare. Um right now the the cool thing is you you've, you've heard the story about the Atari and uh, the ET game. No, what are you talking about here? Well, a long time ago, Atari um, was asked to come out with a video game for ET, and they oh, only had like four e. or five. Whoa, weeks whoa, whoa! To build it. I know where we're going. This is cool. Keep going. I'm sorry. I, I know where you're going. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. So, so they, this one programmer sat down and he wrote the game. I think a month and got it out just in time for Christmas, and it was a total failure. And people point to that part as as killing Atari. So everybody hated the game. They returned it. And Atari actually took their entire inventory and dumped it in a landfill. Two years ago, they found the landfill and dug up all the games. And it's actually a, it's a documentary on YouTube, on, um, on Netflix. It's really great. It's about, about the rise and fall of Atari. That game, that, that game, that, E.T. game, carded, unused, sells for like $75. Okay. If you, if you have it sealed. The, the Loose game, you could probably get for about 8 to $10. But it is one of the highly collectible ones because everyone knows that was the game that pretty much put the nail in the coffin for Atari. That's pretty cool. I'll try to uh, link that on our website. I yeah, I'm, I knew where we were going because I for some reason when you first asked about it, it wasn't there, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait a second, the death of Atari. I know I know where he's going. Yeah. Uh, wow. So we know that video games are really hot, and we've talked about some of the other things. What is there? You know, what about the Migos? You know, um, I collect Migos, and you know, I know you do, of course. Um, are they still holding value? Are they just you know? Are they gaining, or are they just just staying the way they've been for the last ten years or so? I'll be honest. I see a major increase in them. Also, oh. um, there's a major following on Facebook right now, where a lot of groups 
are you know buying and selling and trading. Uh, there's a huge customizing market. Um, Migo Mania, I think, is the Facebook group. They actually have a, uh, a get together once a year where all their all their members meet, like kind of like a convention. And they buy and sell, and they have people from the old Meagle company come in and talk about the company and everything else. Um, I, I do see that a lot of the figures now, like the adult collectibles, seem to be having that posable 6 to 12-inch look that Mego did have. So it seems like the demand for that look and feel is starting to be the norm and now everyone's trying to get the old stuff to like compare it to. Oh boy! I think uh, I think there's uh, there's a company out of Tampa that actually has the license to make these from DC and Chip uh, uh, Universal Studios, and they're actually recreating them all. Uh, the name kind of escapes me right now, but um, they're all over the place. And any any six inch Mego like figure you see now for sale, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're making it. Interesting. Yeah, they, they have a license with Kiss also, and they, they came out with a amigo-like doll that spits blood. <laughs> okay. Do you, yeah. do you have yeah, that one? I, I, uh, no, no. I think that will not make my collection. But they do have Santa Claus, and I'm really debating. It's, uh, it, it, you can actually take them out and you know, play with them, so... I was actually thinking about picking them up and then messing with Elf on the Shelf by leaving Santa Claus around. I like that. But uh, I was I was told you can't touch Elf on the Shelf or he'll go back to the North Pole. So I, I just figured I'd probably stay out of trouble and not do it. So Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I get in trouble a lot, you know. Oh, oh so no, i, I got to be careful. I can't imagine. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I have no, no idea. Not me. No, speaking. No, of, I haven't heard. I haven't no, heard anything. No, I, I, me, I'm innocent. <laughs> now, speaking of Migo, I, I think, yeah, I think you uh, have something that you're tied with Migo, right? Uh, maybe uh, yeah. T-shirts or something. Yeah, I, um, I'm happy to announce, and I, and I promised you that I would announce it on your show that I've actually obtained the rights to use the Migo logo, the MC logo, on, um, on apparel and uh, other related items um, for the foreseeable future. And I will have a few uh, limited edition t-shirts at the Daytona show on Sunday. Wow. Now that, I mean, nerds like me, like uh, I'll I'll throw some names out like uh, Tom Raup, I mean, and Jake, I mean, that's right down our, our world right there. And I know so many other people like that as well. I mean, because you know, we, we're going to be making a a beeline right to your table because I mean, that that's, that's, (laughs) that's, that's, that's our days right there. Yeah, I also got LGN also. Really? The um, company that used to make um, uh, Thundercats. They made the uh, rubber WWF wrestlers. Uh, They did a lot of the uh, E.T. and uh, uh, Gremlins toys, and they did a lot of Nintendo games, too. I I own that rainbow logo also. Uh, It was official uh, a couple days ago, actually, and I'll have some some limited edition T-shirts for that logo with me also. Get out of here. Wow. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's pretty I'm very cool. lucky. Yeah, and uh, I'll have some more styles and more apparel, you know, uh, once I get my, my real website site up. Uh, right now I'm still working on, you know, getting through the kinks and trying to figure out what's really best right now and 
you know, right now I, I just want to kind of sell sell the shirts to my friends and and just make everyone aware that you know I, I will have I have the license and you know I'll be willing to you know work you know deals if someone wanted to do a package okay with other stuff you know so you know you could just reach out to me at um, on my uh, Facebook page or you know my website so. Well, what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll try to get you to model maybe some of those, and we'll take uh, you know some video and stuff uh, Sunday. How's that? Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> I uh, actually have a small gift for you too, so may- maybe we'll let Kimmy. Maybe we should let Kimmy model them. Oh, she's much prettier than I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I, well, wait a minute. Now you know. Let me think here. I I could find a wig, and I could have you wear a wig, and you could play Prices Right kind of model if you'd like. I, I would like to sell the shirts, but um, we could try it. I mean, that'd be fun. <laughs> I mean, they do have a cosplay contest at, I think, what, 2 o'clock or so. You could, you know, walk out there with your shirt and have the wig and, you know, do a, yeah, do I, a little pitch. And I, Well, I, I, I usually, I, I've, I've been listening to um, how you're the worst cosplayer on yes. planet Earth. Yes, Is I am. That, well, I, I'm actually thinking I could probably beat you. Um, I don't know. I, I remember. Remember. Remember the Gong Show. Sure. Uh, you remember the Unknown Comic? Oh yes. All I need is a paper bag, and I think I can beat you. I don't know about that. <laughs> and by the way, I, I got something I'm going to introduce in 2016 that I am uh, bad at as well. I'm going to be. I'm going to add worse to something else in 2016. Oh. Oh yeah. Well. I listen. I listen to the show, so I'll be the judge of that. Oh, oh <laughs> trust me, you will see it. Possibly what I'm talking about. I, I can't promise this, um, but I, I'm going to try for at uh, Jim Kara's show, the Carousel's Collectibles, to make the debut of this bad thing, <laughs> and it's in good taste. Uh, I'm going to do that. I will state this: a good friend of mine begged me not to do this tried to talk me out of it and i said no it's too late kimmy gave me the green light she goes go for it you're a madman have fun so i was going to try to do it by uh, daytona beach but could not uh, just you know it's one of those things you, when, when you're doing something bad you got you got to make sure it's really bad and i was like it's just not bad enough right. yet, you know when when you are the worst on planet earth you just got to make sure it is it lives up to it and i was like you know i got to put some finishing touches on it it'll, it'll probably be uh, not till to land <laughs> so so there um well, well as, lo- as long as you have as long as Kimmy is giving you the okay, I think you're all right. Then. Uh, so. <laughs> well, actually, when I first mentioned it, she said I was insane and told me, you know, wanted nothing to do with this. And then, which is amazing, it was like a few days later, uh, I can't even remember who we were with. She starts, oh, I know where we were. We were uh, with Mike Priest of uh, Mike's Comics and in Orlando, and who will be at the Daytona Beach show. And she starts talking about this. And Mike thought I was insane, and she goes, "No, I think it's a good idea. He is, he is, he's going to be the worst on planet Earth with this." And he <laughs> he, he gave me a thumbs up too, and I'm like, "All right." So uh, I don't know if they're actually pushing me off the cliff, the two of them, but uh, well, I'll be interested to see what this is. So okay, well, you know, I will have Mike's dead formats. However, I can get it linked right to our uh, website and also our uh, Facebook page for those who cannot go to the Daytona Beach. Uh, convention and I you know I, I will accept excuses if you're in you know in the state of Maine or you know out in Oregon or something like that we'll, we'll accept that um, but since our show is mobile and global uh, you know you got people all over planet earth listening and and you know I'm sure they're interested in the collectibles as well if they listen to this show so we will open the world to you Mike well I appreciate that and uh, you know I do have a Facebook group which um, 
you can join. It's a it's a secret group, and it and it's um, it's open to all buyers and sellers, all collectors. Um, I I really try to have everyone just kind of enjoy themselves, you know, talk about you know collectibles, talk about pop culture, and you know, every once in a while, you know, if you need to sell something or you're looking to buy something, um, it's also a buy and sell group. And um, I started that about a month ago, about about a about six months ago, I should say, and and um, it's really it's really starting to take off where a lot of people are you know starting to stay away from the auction house because of the high fees right and uh, right right now you know if, if you sell it in the groups you just need to have a PayPal account wow so you know yeah so you know if you do go to uh, mikesdeadformats.com it will take you to my Facebook page and if you would like to join just you know just click you know join and I'll be happy to let you in okay. And so, as an example, yeah. let's say I was going to uh, sell something on, I'm not even going to name the big big auction house, we know what it is. Um, I was going to sell right. just because I, I, I just, for whatever reason, I, I, I'm looking at one of my statues right now, just as an example. Let's say I got a Batman black and white statue, I'm not selling this by the way, but I, I want to sell it. I could go to your site as opposed to listing it on eBay, even as a buy it now on eBay, you, you would be able to to uh, post it or post it on your site. Right, right. And that's exactly it because the, 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 problem, the problem I've noticed is uh, you, have, you have so many people competing in these, in these auction houses um, and auction websites where, you know, you're not, really getting, you're not really getting the Batman fan. You know what I mean? But if you, if you go to like some of these, these Facebook groups and I think like Instagram also has it too, if you go to the Batman group and you list that, maybe not mine, you could do it in mine, but um, if you list it on mine and the Batman group, you're finding your audience right away. Wow. And, and, it, you know, and the people that are in these groups want to buy collectibles or sell collectibles. Okay. So you know, you're, you're really kind of drilling down from you know, here's millions of people looking for Batman to here's a couple thousand people with you know, money in hand that want to go and purchase, you know, Batman figures, Batman comics, you know, stuff like that. And I found that it's been very successful because you're actually, you're, you're creating a relationship and you're all, a lot of people enjoy trading and that can really be beneficial to you because you can, you can walk away with a tremendous amount of product that you know that you could use for, you know, a carded figure that you're not really interested in. So Wow, so you know that's a good idea, actually. So, especially with the holidays right now, um, maybe you know do some shopping on Mike's Dead formats. Uh, you know, trading, yeah. maybe trading. Who knows? Yeah, um, just recently, I I just pulled off a, a, an incredible trade. Uh, somebody was just a huge fan of uh, of Toy Biz Marvel figures, and I had boxes of them, and they they sent me a ton of vintage star Wars and some 18 figures and some E-Man figures. And I sent them all to them and, you know, it's worked out perfectly for me because I was able to, you know, make my money back per se. And I have some really incredible inventory to bring with me to, you know, Daytona. All right. Well, I will definitely make sure we have that link uh, on our website to your website. And I look forward to seeing you this coming Sunday, just, uh, you know, actually a few hours away in Daytona Beach, starting at 10 o'clock until 4, and I will definitely, because we're right right by the front door, for those who, you know, I'm going to find out where you are for sure, I'm not, I haven't seen the floor plan yet, but 
once I know, because I will have a run through really early before the, the show opens, anybody that listens to this and says, hey, I want to talk to that crazy guy, Mike, I'll say he's right here. Yeah, I, I think the last time I talked to, uh, to to Tom, I think he said I was near Tim, uh, Tim Proctor. Okay. So um, I, I think I'm in that area, but uh, I'm not sure. But um, you could just you could just look for me, or you can look for my partner Brent. Um, he has the uh, curly mustache. Um, he uh, kind of looks like the villain from Dudley Do Right. Yes. Uh, but uh, but um, he just has a ponytail instead. So we look forward to seeing you coming up Sunday at ten o'clock, and I can't wait to see what you've brought. Yep, can't wait to see you guys too. It's usually the high, it's always the highlight of my uh, my uh, conventions to see you guys and then to listen to the shows after because it's it's just it's just really nice to have a really good partner like you and Kimmy that really understand the community, uh, actually care about you know the vendors and the fans, and um, you actually you actually make it more enjoyable. So, on behalf of everybody who listens, I just want to thank you for all the great shows and all the old time radio that you've been playing and you know just keep up the good work and i can't wait to see you on sunday visit rileyandkimmy.com to connect on social media and for archive podcasts lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.